Hello and welcome to Together BHA, episode 90. My name is Josh, your host as always, uh, and we are we have a lot to cover today, actually. Um, I'm going to go over some of the news that has broken um, between now and our wrap-up special uh, that we had last week. If you haven't listened to it, definitely go back and listen to it. Uh, had Kira Maguire from The Price of Football and Marty Webb from The Run Pod Option. Uh, we kind of go over the, the ins and outs of the season from last year, um, it, all the way through to this year. And just kind of cover the the best and the worst of the uh, the kind of the season that has been the longest season ever. Um, so today, uh, first of all, let's cover a couple of the newest stories that we have, uh, along with a podcast uh, centered story. So um, I've had a couple of people DM me over the last couple of months. Um, and I figured I'd just start one up and I'll post it onto Twitter. Uh, I'll leave it in my bio. Um, people have been asking if I had a Patreon set up for people to just, you know, donate some money as a thank you for what I'm doing. That was never the intention, was never the point of this podcast. Um, But I've actually had, you know, eight or nine people now reach out to me in the last couple of months asking me this question. So I thought I'd just set one up. Um, It will be uh, both on my Twitter feed and in my Twitter bio after this show has been posted. Um, It is the base level like I cannot go any cheaper for it, um, and I honestly can't offer a great deal because I try and just offer everything I can just to every fan out there. So if you want to donate as a thank you, you can. Um, I think it's $3 a month because it's the lowest it can go. Um, over time, I will try and you know put things together for you all, uh, maybe giveaways for people who are my Patreons, stuff like that. Uh, but for now, I just thought I would make it, if you want to subscribe donate you can if you'd rather not totally fine not a big deal uh it's there if you want to use it and if you don't cool stuff nothing's going to change from the podcast point of view anyway so it's totally up to you uh any money i do get will go towards upgrading my equipment um so i am on like the cheapest equipment possible to just start this podcast up um so i will be kind of using that money to buy a new microphone and a new filter and stuff like that so it would all go back to the podcast anyway. Uh, it's totally up to you. So that's that piece uh, of the podcast out of the way. Um, On to the Albion news that we've had uh, since I kind of last spoke to you all. Uh, the new kit is, of course, out. Um, I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, I don't want to put an order in for it until I've seen what the away looks like to know if I'd rather have that or that or possibly even both, depending on my mood. Um, and also the training gear. The new kit sales are up by 300%. Um, So I'm worried that I may just not get one. Uh, Because, you know, after last time, uh, I think it was the first year in the Premier League, they ran out of home shirts at, like, December, and we never saw another home shirt again. So hopefully that is not the case, and they have plenty in reserve ready for us. Um, You know, this is our fourth time in the Premier League now. We best be able to stock up enough football shirts for our fans. Um, And... I suppose it's probably helped by landmark signings, right? Marquee signings. And Adam Lalana has now signed for the for the album. You probably have, uh, you know, been barraged with Lalana fever over the last seven days. Uh, so I'm not going to absolutely hammer you on it too much. Um, but there's no doubt that this is a... Very big statement signing from the Albion. Uh, even though he is 32 now, the lad can still play 
obviously. Uh, the only reason he hasn't played more would be simply because he's he's sat behind the players that are currently at Liverpool. Um, and I think it's a superb signing. Um, I think he'll play a very good role for us under Potter. Um, personally, I can see him taking over the role of Dale Stevens uh, and Davy Proper. Um, I would not at all be surprised to see a midfield two of Lalana and Basuma at the beginning of September. Um, and I think that's probably where we're going to go, but we shall see. Either way, superb signing. Um, and then a couple of days later, out of nowhere, uh, Albion have also signed an Ajax centre-back. Uh, defender Joel Veltman joins from Ajax on a three-year contract. Um, he's only 28, so we're basically getting him for the best times of his career. Um, he is said to play both right-back and centre-back. Uh, genuinely unsure as to which is his preferred spot reason I say that is because the club say he plays at right back and can cover in central defence, but all of the Ajax fans that I've spoken to say that he's a centre back that can play right back. So, I don't know. Um, but he's been at Ajax his entire life. He is, you know, Ajax through and through, so he's been playing a style of football that is going to be Potter, very, few, very little transition uh, for Graham Potter to get him in the squad. Uh, it sounds to me like he may well be a backup to... Ben White, Webster, and Donkey. Who knows? Uh, he did take the number 34 uh, as a dedication to Nori. Nori, um, the, the young lad at Ajax who's had a pretty serious, I think it was a heart or a brain issue that just went to shit and he's not in a great way. So that was really nice of him to do. Um, and, you know, it's it's yet more experience all in, all in. You know, he's had over 200 appearances for Ajax, scored 10 goals, he's won three titles, played regularly in European football. Again, another statement signing. Uh, and the fact that he's likely to be a backup is even more wild. Other pieces of news that we have, we've signed Jensen Weir. I know this happened a while ago, but he's actually starting to get articles on the website. Uh, signed him off of Wigan um, last week uh, after 10 years with Wigan Athletics. So he was at Wigan since he was eight years old. Um, but good for him. Uh, you know, Wigan needed the money to help him out, and we're more than happy to take a, a solid signing off of them. So I'm sure he isn't someone we'll probably see or hear from for a couple of years. Uh, but knowing Graham Potter, who knows, right? Like, he loves to promote from within, so we shall see. And then finally, uh, Aaron Connolly signed on for another four years on the 30th of July. He has now got a four-year contract, so he will be with, with us until 2024. Clearly a statement of intent from Graham Potter that he wants to keep this man at the squad and club for as long as possible. Good for him. Happy to see it. And his uh, his mate Stephen Alzate also did the same thing, also committed until June 2024. Even better to see that because he has bags of potential and due to the surgery he's had to have over the last couple of months you know it's probably one of those things where he's wondering if he'll ever get a chance again um and by graham going out there and saying well we're going to give you a four-year contract cannot be any more than like a huge reassurance to him and his his security within this team so that's great to hear um we have been getting a lot of work done ain't we really let's be honest um we've been getting a lot of work done within the last couple of uh last couple of days since the window opened we have not been hanging around so the rest of the show is really dedicated to a kind of transfer special so uh outside of lalana and veltman who we've already seen come in um we have other spots that i believe we need to fill right we need 
more players that can play offensively. So whether it's uh, an out-and-out striker to partner Mopai, which I'm not sure is going to happen. Excuse me, I had to cough. Um, I'm not sure that Mopai is going to have a partner. I know that we had Murray up top with him, um, but looking back on Graham Potter's previous squads, uh, you can go back almost over a year now, the Graham Potter special I did when he came in and a very in-depth look at all of his old squads and his old teams uh, and tactics that they ran all the way from the fourth division of Swedish football to Swansea last year. Um, He does not tend to have... He tends to have a rotating front four almost. Um, He tends to have kind of left-sided forward, right-sided forward, center forward, and then a man behind him. And they are expected to be able to do any of those jobs at the same time. And we've started to see that in recent weeks with McAllister, with uh, Mopai, who drops deep quite a lot, with Trossard, who has been asked to play much more central than usual. Um, And I think that... The idea of signing another out-and-out striker is probably something that is starting to fade away. Uh, The Glenn Murray replacement that I think we've needed for four years may well never come under Graham Potter. He is evolving, and he is moving into a world where we do not need to cross the ball in to score goals. We do not need to, you know, rely on that big man striker. He wants to play a game that is reminiscent of a Klopp or a Guardiola or this new brand of football that is becoming the mainstream um and i'm here for it so there's going to be outgoings um i actually have quite a few outgoings on my list uh we shall see what we have um but i've got what i've got is i've got a list of outgoings um why they would be considered outgoings and kind of fees we can hope to receive for them um so first of all uh button or steel Jason Button or David David Button or Jason Steele? Okay, one of those will definitely leave. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that one of those people are going to move on to greener pastures. Whether it's Button to go to a championship club and get first team football, I'm not sure. Whether it's Steele to go to a League One club, perhaps, and rebuild his career and move up after a good piece of development at Albion, I'm not sure. One will go. Christian Walton will be the number two from now on. I have no doubt in my mind that Christian Walton will fight for a spot in this team um, and he will probably be our cup goalkeeper going forward um, and, a, and a worthy kind of, you know, backup to Matty Ryan if we need it um, and will slowly but surely earn his way into that spot. Uh, I only think one of them leaves. It's a total coin toss as to which one you can flip a coin and see. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind that David Button or Jason Steele will leave. Uh, And I think most people probably expect the same, and I'm sure no eyebrows will be raised at that. Um, The next one, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, this name was unthinkable. Now it feels inevitable, Um, and that's Shane Duffy. Uh, He's no longer first choice. He now has to contend with two more ball-playing centre-backs in uh, Ben White and Matt Clark coming back, and now has a third possible centre-half replacement in Joel Veltman. Um, Whether he is a right-back or a centre-half, again, like I said, there's a grey area there. Um, But the fact is he is more competition to Shane Duffy and plays in a way that Grant Potter prefers. He ended up making 12 12 appearances this season. That's it. 12 appearances, 7 subs, 
uh, and has, you know, he had one goal and little to no impact on the team this year. Um, in fairness, he has looked out of his depth with the new style Graham has asked him to play. Um, and if Webster hadn't started so iffy, I don't think he would have had any complaints um, in that kind of new role that he's been given as backup. Um, you know, since the restart, the passing of the torch from Duncan Duffy to Duncan Webster is now pretty much fully complete. Uh, I just cannot see a future for a 28-year-old Premier League calibre centre-back at Brighton um, not getting games. He will leave. He will almost definitely go to a top side. Uh, Rumours of Celtic would make total sense. Um, you know, I think that any of those teams in and around that bottom half would do well to have him. West Ham, uh, Aston Villa... You know, there's not many teams in that bottom half that don't become a better team overnight by bringing in Shane Duffy uh, just because he is not a kind of jigsaw puzzle fit for us. It does not mean he's past it. He's only 28 years old. He's at the height of his career. He's somebody that we should be looking at getting a decent fee for. Um, All of these fees are going to be post-coronavirus fees. We know this, so it's going to be a little bit less. You know, previously I felt that 10 to 12 million would have been a very good deal for Shane Duffy. Uh, I think we'll probably be looking closer to 6 to 8 now. Um, But I think he will most certainly leave. Uh, Another man that is probably on his way is Pascal Gross. And that makes me so sad. (laughs) Um, But it doesn't feel like there is room in the team for both Pascal Gross and Aaron Moy. Um, And with Moy just being signed up this year in January, uh, it pains me to think that Gross may well be the one to lose out. He has ended up making 22 appearances this season. Um, He's contributed with two goals, four assists, and a further seven appearances off the bench. But he has never returned to that form in his first year, that, you know, that scintillating form that he had in that first year under Chris Hewton. He's never came back to that even close you know he his stats this year are much more closer to to matching his uninspired year under Chris Hewton last year um he's a player that definitely seems to have regressed um and at 29 he's a player that could you know transform pretty much any lower league German side um any team in the German bottom half would become a better team overnight with Pascal Gross in it if he wants to go home and a team like West Bromwich Albion will be enhanced overnight by signing Pascal Gross. Um, do I want to see this happen? No. Do I think it will? Yes. Um, any team that has a style that suits Pascal will be better with him in it. Burnley, West Bromwich Albion. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams in and around that area that play that kind of more direct football um, that will suit him down to the ground. And... At 29, I think we could get a half-decent deal for him. You know, we signed him for barely anything. Um, Previously, I would have said, again, 10 to 12 million would be a good deal um, because he is getting older and he is very specific in the the style he plays. But again, I can see us getting maybe 8 million for him at most um, in the coronavirus world simply because he is 29 now, so he's at his peak um, and he's going to start trending downwards soon. And the fact that he, there's only going to be a limited amount of suitors for Pascal. So I think we're going to struggle to get too much money off of him. Um, 
and that will be about it. It doesn't help that he's not English either. That doesn't boost the price up. So uh, I think that's all it'll be. Um, but I think he will be on his way out. Another player I think is definitely going is Solly March. Um, this is a player that has served a fantastic duty to the club as the pretty much perfect utility player. Um, but with the rise of Steven Alzate, you can see a golfing quality between just the two. Um, at 26, Solly has still not been able to break into the first team full-time. We still don't know what his best position is. We still don't know when the flashes are going to become consistently good play. And we still don't know where he's going to find the ability to either shoot or finish a cross-off successfully. He began the season at left wing-back and was so effective at left wing-back for those first five or six games. I... I was on record saying that he could well be a player that ends up taking an England call-up. Um, however, that injury he received and the rise of Dan Byrne after that and the lack of steps taken by Solly after that as well leaves him totally hanging out to dry. Um, you know, he's only having made 11 starts this season and almost half of those were at that first five or six, ga five or six games. If he is a left wing back... Uh, we need more from him. If he is a left winger or a right winger or a cam, we definitely more, need more from him because the lad only contributed. Uh, you know, he had 11, 11 starts, eight substitute appearances, and he provided only one assist and no goals. Um, if you compare that to Lamptey, right, on the other side as a right wing back, Tarek is already on par slash better in all stats after less starts. That's not good. <laughs> so, you know, the idea that maybe he can continue at left wing back to me says that he's clearly not ready or got enough to be there. Um, and if you're not ready at 26 and you've had all this time, when are you going to be ready? Um, maybe it is time to move on. I think any club in the championship would be a better team with the ability to bring in Solly March at some point. Uh, would he want to leave? He's a homegrown player very local would he want to leave i don't think he would would we get a huge fee for him not at all um i don't i don't see us getting a great amount of money for him uh you know i can see five or six million um coming in for solly uh from a championship team um maybe it's time to move on i don't know um you know all of these money figures i'm throwing out there we just don't know but with corona um we managed to get 15 million out of Anthony Knockhart, but I think everybody and their mum can agree that we wouldn't get anywhere near that in this day and age uh, after Corona. So who knows? Um, so two more that I think will be on their way. Uh, so we've got one of Button or Steel. We've got Shane Duffy, Pascal Gross, Solly March, and two more. Uh, Ali Razor, obvious one. Still no room for AJ. Um, at 26, he is wasting the very beginning of his peak doing nothing. He made three appearances, seven sub appearances, two goals, and it's just not at all preferred by Potter. We can see this. Obviously, his ability to become to be calm, to become a uh, a more central or more comfortable, being flexible across that front four kind of footballer is not working. Um, you know, the, the, the evolution away from out-and-out -out wingers is fully underway, and AJ, like Knockhart, looks to be a casualty of this. We discussed this last week. Uh, and it, to me, it just makes it all the more tragic, because he never had a chance to truly show what he can do at Premier League level. Um, it sucks, and I feel for him, but something just never clicked for him. 
um, you know, rumors of Ajax are in the are in the works. Would he want to go back to the Dutch league and play for Ajax? I, I think he would be nuts not to. Um, or is he desperate to show he can do it in the Premier League? Um, and would another Premier League club give him a fair shot to show he can? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure what style of play suits him. I'm not sure who would want to make that risk. I don't know. Um, I think Ajax is probably a sensible rumour. Uh, I think it makes sense, especially at his age and his form in the Dutch league. Um, but we shall see. But I think that Ali Razor is almost definitely somebody on his way. And the final one is Glenn Murray. Um, you know, a championship club beckons, I think, for his final run, unless he wants to move into coaching. So Glenn has two different routes I think he takes. He either becomes almost like that Bruno-type level of player where he may or may not be on a bench every now and again and becomes further and further over into the coaching format, if that's what he wants to do. Or he goes out like Andrew Crofts did, for example, uh, and finishes his career somewhere else before perhaps coming back to do his to his coaching. Or if he doesn't want to be a coach, he can just finish his career playing at somewhere else, scoring goals, doing what he does best, and then do whatever he wants to do. Um, you know, a team like Watford would suit Glen Murray down to the ground. Um, if Deeney leaves, which sounds like he may well do, Glen Murray in the championship is still going to score goals. Glenn Murray, with that kind of Watford team around him, will score goals for fun in the championship. If he feels he has more to give, let him go. It would be a superb move for him. He would still get paid good money because he's at Watford, who have the Premier League parachute payments, and it would be a superb move for him. Um, he doesn't even have to move that far because they're up in Hertfordshire, so it wouldn't be a huge amount of like travelling to have to do. It's not like he's going up to Middlesbrough or somewhere. Um... And if he doesn't want to leave, like I said, he can begin his full transition to the coaching side, like Bruno and Crofts before him and like Lalana after him. We're here for all of it. I'm good with all of it. Whatever you want to do, Glenn, you're a legend. You can do whatever you want. But I think that the the idea of him playing a role in the first team is, is almost zero in the future. Um, I just do not see a time in which Glenn Murray plays regular football for the Albion again. So they are my kind of, what, five or six outgoings. One, two, three, four, five, six outgoings. Um, now, if we're going to look at a couple of players uh, that are going to replace them, um, you know, we need to replace these players with better. So Button or Steel will leave and Walton will come in and replace. Duffy will leave and Veltman is now here as a replacement. Pascal Gross, Solly March, Ali Razor and Glenn Murray all play the same role. Uh, Aaron Moy could arguably be that replacement uh, for Pascal Gross. It already seems like that is what the intention is. Um, but all of them play the same kind of offensive role that Potter wants to be able to mold into his own. And all of them don't match for varying reasons, which we've just gone over. None of them match his plan, so to speak. So we arguably need to replace as many of them as possible with players that do. Uh, and can be rotated under Graham Potter. So I have a couple of names, uh, one, two, three, four different names um, that play in the kind of offensive role um, and can do that job uh, to a level I think Potter would prefer. Bear in mind, this is the same podcast that earmarked Jose Izquierdo before he signed as a player that we would be going after, and we did. So 
Although I do play a lot of Football Manager and get my ideas from there, clearly they're doing the same thing. Because I'm finding some players at the same time. So, here's my here's my group. And what I did was, I, I, we, we need speed. The need for speed is very abundant in this team. We do not have enough of it. And so, what I did was I focused on attacking players with speed that would be open to move into the Albion for one reason or another. I'm not going to list Neymar on this list because this is that's ridiculous. So what I've done is I've found a group of players and they fit different sections of the transfer market. I've picked out one championship player. Uh, I've picked out two foreign slash European league players, one loan player, and one relegated Premier League player. Okay, so we have two of them playing at left wing back, our left back signings, and four of them offensive players. So number one, one Premier League player that I think could improve the Albion, and it's a controversial one, but bear with me, Jesse Lingard, ex-Albion Loney, and a live wire. My only concern with this signing is the no dickhead policy we have in place. The lad has his own fashion label and possibly thinks he's too big for a team like Brighton in this day and age. The pros, however, are definitely there. He's 27 years old. He's at his peak. He has a ton of top-level experience like Lalana, although not as much. His playstyle suits Potable. He likes to lay the ball off. He likes to play short passes. He likes build-up play. The only difference between him and players like Pascal Gross are he's fast, and an injection of pace is key for the Albion. With these offensive signings, it's a trend you'll begin to see across all of them here. He's comfortable playing behind the striker. He can play wider as well. We've seen him come on and replace Rashford, replace Greenwood, replace uh, Martial. Like He's playing in the exact same format now and training in the same format now as he would be at the Albion. He pretty much fits that McAllister, Moy, Gross, Lalana role, but it's a totally different dimension of a player. It may be controversial, I know, because he's an arrogant dick, or seemingly an arrogant dick, but in my opinion, it is a signing that improves the side and checks a box. The issues we have, A, does he pass the no dickhead policy? It would become a. It would need a real personality test from Graham Potter to find out. Would he take a pay cut? Because I'm sure he would have to to drop to us. And then would he want to drop to us? Does he think that he can earn a space in the Manchester United squad full time, especially with five subs? Who knows? Would there be an opportunity for somebody like the Dan Ashworth, Ashworth effect that we've seen already with Adam Lallana playing to help this signing come through? I don't know, but to me. Jesse Lingard is a player that could genuinely improve this team, and I would like to see it. So, there. There's the controversial one. Um, another one is another Manchester United signing, and this is a loanee. Um, now, this is a contingency signing, so this is the one loan that I think we could go after, and it's Dan James. Um, this is contingent on a couple of things. Uh, it's contingent on United signing bigger and better. Sancho, Grealish, players like this that they're rumoured to be going after. If they sign two or three of those players, Dan James is not going to have a role to play at the club as much, just like Jesse Lingard. 
The drawback is he has already made 26 appearances for United this year. So this may sound like a head in the cloud signing. Uh, but if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't think he's ready, he needs to win now. And he's signed players like Sancho, like Grealish, who he believe has a better pedigree and can take the team further quicker. Just, and it's, and the reason I say that is because it's worth remembering Jesse Lingard made 19 appearances last season before this one and barely any appearances this season. So it's very feasible that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could look at this season in a, in a nutshell and say, Dan James played a great role, but I've now got better players that I think can do what I want better. He's going to go out on loan. And with the Potter effect and the style we play and the style Ali Gunnar Solskjaer wants to play and the relationship that Potter already has with him, it could be the perfect loan. Do I think it's going to happen? My likelihood of it happening is probably 3 out of 10. But if we're looking at loan signings, I would be sad if we didn't at least ask the question. Even if we got laughed at, I would like us to ask it. So our next two are both offensive players as well. Uh, and these are the two kind of Euro foreign players. Um, and the first one is Abdoulaye Diaby. Um, he currently is signed for Sporting Lisbon. Before that, he was at Club Bruges and he went on loan this year to Besiktas for a year. The pros behind this man. He almost definitely comes cheap. He has less than a, of an ego than Lingard and is the same kind of player. He's ex-Club Bruges, now at Sporting Lisbon. He's played 31 games for Besiktas this year. Regular starter at Lisbon the year prior. When they signed him for £6 million, they slapped a £70 million release clause on him. But no chance do they say that they want that kind of money. The reason being is because they sent him out on loan. They obviously don't think he fits the style they want anymore, and that's fine. But Besiktas do, because they played him 31 times. He's also a player that fits that Lingard mold, Dan James mold, and he's 29, so he's totally at his peak. He has bags of pace, he's a great creator, and will chip in with a few goals as well. He is exactly the kind of player that we need playing behind Mopai, and he's also a Malian international. So he may well already know Bissouma and can have a conversation with Bissouma beforehand if we go after him. He has scored seven goals in 24 appearances for Mali. He has averaged a goal every four games from the winger slash central attacking midfielder role for Bruges, Besiktas and Sporting Lisbon. All of, those, all of those teams play European football. He plays for all of them and has been permanent starter for all of them. To me, it's an intriguing idea and one that I believe would come a lot easier than Jesse Lingard. I would like to see it happen. He's somebody that has attracted my attention and may well be the kind of signing we go after in Europe. Abdullah Diaby. Google him, look him up, watch his YouTube clips. I know that YouTube clips aren't exactly representative, but just take a look at the style he plays in those clips and tell me that that kind of player isn't going to benefit the side when he plays alongside players like McAllister, Trossard, and Mopai. He's next on that list. One more, which also features that kind of Euro area, uh, is Crapin Diata. I'm not sure if I said his first name right. Uh... He is the one that is going to command a big, big fee, in my opinion. He's only 21. Uh, he is currently at Club Bruges. 
and he is an absolute monster. He has two years left on his contract. Uh, he's scored seven goals in 43 for Bruges and is rapid. He's also a Senegal international um, and is highly capable of creating assists and goals from nothing. He fits the Izquierdo role massively, but has five times more potential than Izzy does simply because of his age uh, and fits that kind of young Euro signing that we kind of go after with a lot to prove. Um, he is very much in the Izquierdo mold, uh, but can play more centrally and also a good winger if we want one in the damn James mold that Swansea and Potter had. My issue with this, as I said, is I think Diata is going to come expensive. And I wouldn't be surprised if teams higher than us are looking at bringing him in for a lot of money. So he's my other one out there. And my only other con with him is, is he too much of a winger? Would Potter want to make that move? I don't know. Um, but he is another one that stood out to me in my kind of research as someone who would stand out as a player that would be an absolute beast for us. Um, final two signings, both left backs or left wing backs, whatever we prefer to play. Both can do it at a great level. One of them is a championship player and the other one is an ex-Premier League player that's just been relegated. I wouldn't be surprised if you knew exactly who I was going to go for here. Uh, number one, Joe Bryan. Left back at championship level Fulham. This is obviously contingent on Fulham staying down. And if they do stay down, I don't think we'll be the only team looking at him to bring him in. I think he's only 26 or 27. Uh, he has made the team of the year in the championship as the left back. He is a beast. He can play a left wing back as well and has marauded forward on numerous occasions. Uh, he is a superb little left back and I would be very happy to see him come in and play that role. Uh, I think he would also be reasonably cheap. Um, you know, I think that we could probably get him for a decent fee, given the fact that we've already given knockout to them um, and a player that could, you know, contribute a great deal for us. If Fulham come up, all of that's moot, so I'm not going to spend too much time on him um, because I've got one more that I want to go over before we wrap. The final one, probably to the surprise of absolutely nobody, uh, given that I've told you it's from a relegated team, if you rack your brain for the left-backs at Norwich, Watford, and Bournemouth, there's only one that I think anybody would want, and that's Jamal Lewis. He would command a high fee as well. Um, but I was always impressed with Lewis. Uh, he is one of those young, exciting players that uh, Mr. Humphrey loved to brag about um, that plays for Norwich, and he's also homegrown, which helps us check a box. Um and I think he's also a player that would jump at the chance to play in the in the Premier League again for a team like Brighton that can play in an attractive way that will help him develop. He fits a desperate need at left wing back, has an attacking output, uh, he has an assist to his name and an average of 0.5 key passes per game. So every other game he's making key passes. Uh, worth noting as a comparison, Tarek Lamptey has 0.8 and Bernardo has 0.3. So this is a man that already is performing at a higher ratio with a much worse team uh, than Bernardo. He is only 22. He's promising. He's an English prospect. He's looking to continue to grow. He fits the style. He likes to play short passes. He likes to attack. Passing and dribbling are his biggest strengths. 
he made 25 starts and three subs this year. He has plenty of Premier League experience after this year. I would go hard for him. Again, is this a player that Dan Ashworth can really help us with? I think it truly is. Uh, I would. This is a player I would really push to try and sign. I have no doubt that many others will, uh, but I would love us to go after him. Um, so there, there you have it. There's, there's the six. Crepin Diata, Abdullah Diaby, Jesse Lingard, Dan James, if possible, Joe Bryan, if Fulham stay down, and Jamal Lewis, if we can afford the massive fee. I think that if we were to make those signings on top of what we've already done, we would be pissing the league. No, I'm kidding. We would do very well, though. I really do think we would do superb. I've seen a couple of other rumors out there. Josh King, uh, again, plays the exact role that I've just been talking about. Uh, would he come with less of an ego than Jesse Lingard? Yes. Would he be more proven and have better experience than Abdullah Diaby and Crepin Diata? Yes. Uh, would he be a good signing? Yes, he would. I think he'd be superb. I would take Josh King every day of the week. I think he would be a great foil to Mopai and others around him. Uh, I would love us to get him in. I know people are unsure, but I think he would be superb. So, yes, please. Josh King fits that mold. Exactly what we're looking for. Get him in if we can. I'm, I'm here for it. The other one that I've seen rumoured uh, was... Who was the other one? We were talking about another one I've seen online, a bunch. But it's gone away from me. It's fell away from my brain. Uh, so it couldn't have been anybody that good then. Um, so that's it. That pretty much wraps me up. Um, I am pretty good here. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to discuss. Um, and most of that will be four or five weeks away from now. So... Here's how the timeline looks for us. Got something in my throat again, and it's driving me insane. All right, so today is August 2nd. This is coming out August 3rd. Next week, we do have another episode coming out. This is a special interview with Amy Merricks of the assist. She's assistant manager for the uh, Brighton and Albion women's team. It's a very good interview. We get into it with a bunch of interesting topics, so definitely take a listen to that next week. On the 17th, we probably, or rather that next week, we probably have no episode at all. And the week after, we also have no episode at all. And the week after that, we probably have no episode at all. So for the next three weeks, we probably have a break. Uh, on the 7th of September, right before the games begin on the 12th, will be our preseason special. We will be covering all the new sign-ins, the ins and out, the stats, the predictions, the thoughts, feelings, concerns on every new player coming into the Albion. And we will also be taking a look at our new fixture list. We'll be taking a look at the teams around us that have made their sign-ins, any talk-worthy like, talk subjects, anything like that. Uh, and we will be kind of covering everything we can uh, in that preseason special. It's liable to be a long one, but we'll all be hungry for football by then anyway, so it's fine. If anybody wants to come on that show, let me know. And you can come on and we can shoot the shit about any of the subjects you want to talk about. Whether you want to talk about the new players that we sign. Whether you want to talk about the players around us and the teams around us. Whether you want to talk about predictions for the season. Uh, results for the season. Fix your list. Whatever you want. We can get on and we can talk about it. If you want to come on and talk about a specific subject and then hang up. Do it. If multiple people want to come on and talk about different subjects. We can split the whole podcast up. I don't mind. Let me know. This is a fan podcast for fans by a fan. 
the primary thing that I ever want to do is make sure that you're as involved as possible. Thank you for filling out the survey this week. My feedback has been mostly the same. People have been saying that they would love to have more people on the show, fans. So if you're one of those people that would love fans to be on the show, why don't you come on? Give me a buzz. We'll arrange it. Skype, Zoom, whatever. We'll get on the phone and we'll chat about the Albion. I'd love to have that happen. So you know where I am at all times. Let me know and we can get on the phone and just chat. So that will be everything from me this week. Uh, I will see you again uh, next week for our interview special. And then after that, we'll just go from there. Um, But have a good one. Have a good rest of your week and be safe.